Welcome to the Ozark FFA podcast, where we keep up with FFA members on our school and other community leaders. Well, welcome to our fourth episode of the Ozark FFA podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. I am here with one of Ozark's finest, Dr. Jeremy Brownfield, uh, principal of Ozark High School. Uh, it's great to have him on the podcast today, and uh, we're all glad to be here. Uh, Dr. Brownfield, tell us about you, who you are, kind of your agricultural background. You bet. Uh, you know, first, thanks for having me. Um, you know, you're doing a great thing here with the the FFA and trying to trying to promote your membership and everything we have going on in Ozark. So uh, yeah. I'm honored to be here today. Um, I've been at Ozark now 17 years. Yeah. Uh, seven as a teacher. In the last 10, I've been an administrator. Um, I have three kids in the district. They're eighth grade, sixth grade, fourth grade. So, um, uh, you know, this this is now home yeah. uh, for, for me and has been for a while. But uh, um, so, yeah, I taught two years at Fordland prior to coming to Ozark. Um, you know, I grew up uh, in Buffalo, north yep. of Springfield, grew up on a farm my entire life. Um, my dad and brother still farm. Awesome, uh, farmland that dad has, my brother has, and then um, my grandfather, his farm is in a trust that we we farm. So yeah. um, I love, you know, in the summertime, I'll take vacation and uh, I'll head back up to the farm. And usually that's right in the middle of hay season. So mm -hmm. I will help them. Um, started out um, when I was five years old, we moved west of town and, and bought a dairy farm. Yeah, and did that for a few years. But uh, anybody that's in that industry knows it's pretty labor intensive. And and uh, I had two brothers that were younger, and and uh, I think Dad just thought that was too much to continue at yeah. the dairy farm. So we switched to beef cattle, and mm -hmm. and uh, that's been my background ever since is is working with the the beef cattle and hay production. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I know you said you went to school in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. What did your involvement in FFA look like? Uh, sure. You know, I was involved with a lot of different things, athletics, uh, academically, um, but I, w I was in FFA. That was one of the programs I was in my entire high school career. Yeah. Um, just growing up on the farm, just enjoyed mm -hmm. that. Um, you know, and because of my other activities, I wasn't ever able uh, to serve in any leadership capacity uh, in FFA, but yeah. uh, always enjoyed contest season. Mm -hmm. Competing was really my yeah. uh, the thing I enjoyed most, so... Uh, picked a team every year and, yeah. and uh, a contest team and was part of that. Was lucky enough, um, one year we had a team in the soils competition. We were fifth place in the national competition. Wow. Uh, I was able to place top five in the nation in, in that. So I just really enjoyed the, like I said, the competition of contest season. And yep. and uh, our instructor took a great deal of pride in mm -hmm. in getting us prepared for that. Yeah. And, uh it was it was it was a really good time. Yeah, that's great to hear. Uh, what contest teams did you do? Uh, I have in the past. I did um, dairy foods, mm -hmm. uh, nursery and landscaping. Yeah, uh, and then soils. Awesome. Um, yep. And occasionally he would say, "Hey, I need you to fill in in this team," and I'd yep. try something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> new. But uh, go for it. Yeah, it, it was it was a lot of fun. It was a, it was really really a good experience. Yeah. Awesome. How would you say your experience in FFA in high school has influenced your career in education? Um, you know, I think just starting with that passion uh, mm -hmm. from my instructors, I had a couple different ones during my time, um, and, and just just seeing the passion on their face for 
for learning and, and mm-hmm. getting us ready for those contests really is, um, you know, even though I didn't go to school to be an ag teacher, really yeah. had a lot of influence there um, from, from them and just seeing their passion yeah. for it. Uh, you know, and also it just, you know, it, it, it shows you what hard work uh, can do for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're, when you're in those types of settings and in those types of classes, um, you know, it's, it's really a, a product of your effort, what you get out of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, going off of that, what are some of the biggest challenges you face leading such a large school and what's kind of your perspective on you know, addressing those challenges, moving past them? Right. Um, you know, the biggest thing being a large school is just, is, is really communication, yeah. uh, getting to know everybody on a one-to-one level, whether that be staff or students alike. Um, yeah. You know, I think post-COVID, uh, it's been more difficult for all of us to connect. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, and just, you know, having that connection to everybody in the building is is probably the most difficult thing uh, for me. And then just knowing what's going on, yeah. uh, having two buildings on a day-to-day basis. Yes. Um, you know, you never know what's going on in either building on a Tuesday, you know, random Tuesday night or even on the weekends you come up yeah. to school and, and there's something there's going something going on so yeah just staying on top of everything that's going on is really a challenge when you get up uh you know to a school of over 1800 students and wow. uh, on two yeah. campuses so uh that that's what i would say the biggest challenge is yeah. for sure i i think we can both agree that post-covid our value for that one-on-one connection is definitely increased as oh, well for sure so for when sure. it becomes harder to do which mm-hmm. it's you know a bigger challenge absolutely uh, what do you love about your job? What do you wake up in the morning and you say, oh, man, I can't wait? Your favorite part. Right. I, you know, I often tell people that the reason I wound up in high school is is I had such a good time in high school and enjoyed yeah. my time as a student that, that there was a little part of me that never wanted to grow up. Yeah. Um, so I think the part that I love most is just getting to be around high school students, seeing their passion, seeing their energy. Um it's just exciting to be a part of a, a young person's life as they're trying to find find a direction and a way, and and that's it's just something I, I wake up every morning looking forward to be a part of that. Yeah, that's awesome. See, uh, one thing I would ask is, what advice would you give a high school student who you know, like me, senior, about to graduate, uh, moving on to the next season of life? What's one piece of advice you give somebody like that? You know, I would say right now, especially to to a senior here, it, it, we're almost at semester break. Is is enjoy every moment you have. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it goes by really quickly. You don't feel that in the moment, but yeah. um, you know, as a senior at semester at Christmas, you're going to wake up. It's not going to feel like a few weeks, and and yeah. and school's going to be over, and everything you've known for the last thirteen years is is going to be different yeah, for sure uh, from that day forward. So. Um, you know, I would I would say enjoy the moments while you have them, um, but you know also uh, you know have a goal, mm-hmm. have a goal for somewhere you want to be. Yes, six months, a year, two years, yeah. four years down the road, and um, you know life's going to throw you curveballs, but but um, and, and you may change your goal, yeah. but but have a goal and just keep striving for it uh, as you get out there in the in the in the real world. Yeah, for sure. You cannot change your goal if you don't have a goal. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's very important. Um, I'd say, you know, it's super important to know where you're going because that influences your day-to-day actions. And, you know, we see that at high school a lot is, you know, kids are taking classes 
that are very heavily influencing, you know, where they want to go. And so um, some part of the new OIC edition is we're able to do that better. Um, would you mind telling us about kind of how that's been over this is our second year now? Right. Uh, how's that kind of going? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like any any new process, we've experienced some growing pains and trying to yeah. uh, determine how, how logistically just to make this mm-hmm. work best. But, um, you know, this being year two, I think we have done some things for the students and staff both. Um, in terms of the transition time between buildings, yes. um, you know, to allow a little bit more more travel time mm-hmm. uh, and lose a little bit less instruction uh, yeah. in the classroom. Um, you know, we're continuing to look at our enrollments in different programs, mm-hmm. uh, seeing what courses we may need to add uh, as part of the yeah. OIC. Um, you know, the big challenge with what we do at Ozark in terms of our variety of offerings outside of traditional um, you know, core academic experience yes. for a student is is to find staff who are qualified and certified in those areas. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, not, most high schools don't have this mm-hmm. type of setup or or these types of problems because they send students to a career center or, yeah. or you know, in Springfield, they'll send them to the OTC main campus. But mm-hmm. we try to offer all that here yeah. uh, to expose our students. So, um, like I said, just being able to find some of those mm-hmm. unique um, uh, staff members that we yeah. need for some of these programs is a challenge. Um, but, you know, all in all, for us to be a year and a half into this, mm-hmm. uh, I'm pretty happy with where we're at so oh, yeah. far and continuing to to look in the academies for those opportunities for students to get out there and, and uh, you know, get some, some market value assets mm-hmm. and some real-world experiences. Um, but, um, again, I'm pretty pleased with where we are a year and a half down the road here. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And I think any, any anybody in the district, if you told them four or five years ago what this is going to look like today, they wouldn't believe you. You know, you it's truly amazing what's happening down here. And uh, I think everyone's glad to be a part of it. Uh, that is awesome to hear. Yes. Uh, well, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. We are so honored to have you. Um, I know this has been an episode a lot of people have been asking for. So uh, I, I've been asking for it. Yes, I've been asking for it. <laughs> So no, uh, glad we could make it work. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks for being here and thanks for joining on the podcast. And for those listening, thanks for being here with us today. And we hope you enjoyed our conversation here and uh, have a great rest of your day.